House of Run podcast. What are you into these days? Mostly running, Howard. Running. Yeah. Look at the hills! Look at the hills! Coming on! Coming on! I'm not thinking about making the team. I'm thinking about gold in Munich. What can I say? I got beat by a zebra. Starts now. Welcome back, everyone, to the House of Run podcast. House of Run at gmail.com is the email address. I'm Kevin. He is Jason. On today's pod, we are going to unveil our global marathon power rankings. We'll also discuss the World Athletics Athlete of the Year finalists. I don't even know if we're going to discuss it. I think they got everybody who had a deserving season on, mm. this, yep. on this short list. You got five men, five women. I don't see any edits that need to be made, particularly on the women's side of things. We may not even do that. We may not even touch on that. Might just zoom right past that into the next uh, into the next topic. But uh, hello, Jason. And we should do programming note. We won't record next week because of Thanksgiving, but the following week will be the Turkey Trot recap show. So email us your personal Turkey Trot experiences from next week. Like if you win or you get eighth or you get sixth in your age group, we want to know about it so Jason can do his annual Turkey Trot recap in a couple weeks. Yeah. Include the name of the race. Um, you know, as much, as much, you know, detail stuff you want to do, you know, Hey, if you want to break down the race a little bit, if you want to throw a pun in there, whatever you want to do to make my life a little easier. Um, cause this is year 13 or whatever of this. Um, I'm looking forward to it cause it's always fun, but it's, 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 I, I, I say it, I think I say this for like my last six years. I'm like, I'm out of puns. Um, but I'm gonna do what I can. Yeah. You didn't plan on doing 13 years of this. when you started. No, no, and I guess maybe this is year fourteen. I don't know if we did it the first year, right? Because we started twenty ten. That's in true. September. Yeah. Yeah, we may not have we may not have come up with that great segment idea until right. year two. It's hard to say. <laughs> it seems like something I would grasp at early, where I'd be like, "Hey, here's something stupid I could do." But it's yeah. <laughs> we were just great with the segments early on. Right. I don't really know what happened after that. Okay. Well, now we have NBA segments. Uh, we break down TV shows. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's just become more and more of our personalities and, and things, you know. They are talking about the Bear Season 3 being shot or whatever. I yes, mean, it, got, yeah. it, it got the green light, if you will, you know. It better have gotten the green Corner, light. Corner, it's coming. So <laughs> look out. Had my daughter's birthday last weekend. There was a lot of people at the house, and I wanted to yell, behind, behind, when I was walking through Domino's Pizzas. But I didn't know if anybody would get it. Or if the reference is probably dated. And then Katie hates it when I call her Chef or Jeff. <laughs> I, mean, I might just call her Jeff because oh, that will be yeah, more that's good. That's good move. in line with the show, and it will also confuse her a little bit more. So what do you think of these top fives, men and women? It was – Easier than I expected. Like, I don't know. I thought, I guess maybe I thought there would be like, oh man, this is really, and not to say like none of them was like, oh, should I be this person or this person? But I kind of thought like, oh man, luring it down to five or, you know, is this going to be really hard? And then like the top three on each side were like a no thought process whatsoever almost to me. Okay. Okay. Um, And then like four fives were still kind of clear cut. Like I could have made... Maybe arguments, and it, there's always, I guess, the the idea of, do you, is it based on the resume, or based on, if they were all put in a race, who do you think? Because you, you could convince me, you know, and I guess, you know, we'll, we'll get into it, obviously. Like, someone I didn't put on here, I would pick to finish maybe top five in a, everyone in the world is in the race. But I'm a resume guy. Like, I don't know. That's the thing, like, I guess, you know, I'm not the biggest college football guy, but I've always been like, hey, I don't care that you're Alabama, or Georgia, like if you haven't beaten anybody, then you mm-hmm. shouldn't be ranked number mm-hmm. one. I did it based on who would win right now. Okay, but to factor that in, a similar I'm looking, list, I guess. But well, I'm looking at the resume. I'm looking at the resume of the past few years. What was your process for coming up with these power rankings? Because I'm looking at them. We did them separate, and they're virtually identical, so it's yeah. not going to be very exciting. <laughs> yeah. Just warning people, this won't be as cool as I thought it was. However, I'm curious to your process. Yeah, I mean, I wish I had some super cool formula or something like that. And I, I did – well, based on how you did I Power do. 6 um, versus <laughs> um, outside of your conference and strength of schedule, um, is literally <clears> – <throat> How many road wins does Bridget Koska have? <laughs> And it's like turns out they're all road wins. Um, yeah. 
because they're on the road. <laughs> so I got it. I got it. I, I basically, I mean, my, my first step was I pulled up the world marathon major winners. Interesting. Oh, Interesting strategy. Just, here, hey, here's every world marathon major winner since 2006 when we started this exercise, you know, when, when this became a thing. And then I looked at it and I was like, okay. Well, actually on the men's side, I went, I know who my top three are before looking at anything. And I know what order I'm putting them in. Like there was no need to even do it. And on the women's side, I, I definitely knew who my top three were as well. But I guess mm-hmm. it, I was a little more like, oh, which order am I going to put these in? Um, and like, I mean, I guess, so like Hassan versus Obiri versus Asefa. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So let's say that, that that's, that's a pretty clear three. I, I can't imagine anyone not having those as their top three in some order. Is that, is that fair to say? I don't think it's, I think you could throw, well, could you, when you get to the head to heads and stuff in there, because Bariso finished behind obiri in boston so you'd have to put her logically right you can't put alabama ahead of texas right now right <laughs> i got that road win uh yeah i i guess you'd have to put those three yes in some order yeah and then i so and then it's like okay so anything before 2022 had almost no weight whatsoever Interesting. Okay. Because it's, I mean, it, it may be a tiebreaker, but basically I'm like, hey, what did you do in the last two years? Because, you know, as much as we, if we, if we wanted to put in the last seven years, um, I'd probably have a different mm-hmm. guy at the top of my, of my men's list. Um, okay. But I think the, the relevant results give me, give me about two years because 2020, okay. you know, there's not enough, there's not enough racing to just go, hey, look, what'd you do in the last year? Give me the last two. Um, anything further back than that with the standard, like, career arc of marathoners just felt like i don't know i i didn't feel confident like like bridget Koskai, for instance like yeah it could you know was easily had the most impressive resume probably going into you know 2022 but what have you done for me lately and she may not have made my top five spoiler alert here was my process for the men yeah please it was similar to yours of I know who the top three are and then – well, top two for sure and then let's let's look at the last couple of years. For the women, I thought to myself, I need a time cutoff because everything's so fast. Yeah. If you're not under 218, you're not on my list. Fair. But then I remember that Helen O'Beary exists. That's – yeah. So I said unless you're Helen O'Beary <laughs> – If you won two majors this year, then that's an exception. I can add you in. But other than that, if your PB was north of 218, then you you're out. You're out. Yeah. Because what if you've only run three marathons and none of them were fast, like like fast courses even? Then you're basically Helen O'Beary. Yes. You okay. could have done it. You could have done it in a previous era, but but we would know about you in this current era if you were setting the world on fire but just didn't have a fast PR. Like it's just there's too many women who are running fast and winning majors to where I would consider somebody for the top five. I'm not saying they couldn't be in the top 10, but someone for the top five, you you have to run that fast or you have to be Helen O'Beary. Um, so I went and I looked, this is all timeless too. I didn't, I didn't separate anything yet by, by year. So that's why number one, I have Paula Radcliffe. No. Um, <laughs> So then I, I, I took out people who were inactive, obviously. And then when you look at the people more towards the fringes or even people who had run 217 low, but that was a third-place finish in Valencia and then they never really did anything else. It's, okay, I'm, I'm going to take you out. Um, so I have a list of – let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 12. I have like 13 or – I have like 14 including Obiri that made the short list. Okay. The long well, the long list. I'll say the long list. So I, I the number was much bigger that was that was sub two eighteen. And then I cut it down to that group. Because there's some people there who have some some solid resumes. Like someone like Yelem Zerf Yahuallah, which we don't talk a lot about Yelem uh, Zerf Yahuallah, do we? No, it's because of her name is so hard to pronounce, is the main reason. But Well, yeah. I just did it. I nailed no. it twice. <laughs> that was good. But did did you know? Did you know, Jason? That this year uh, wasn't great. Fifth in London, fifth in 
at Worlds, but 2022, she uh, she won the London Marathon. Won two majors, yeah. Yeah, well, or not oh, one major and another marathon. Hamburg, Hamburg, and, and London, right? But okay, any other era, we'd probably still consider her. But things are moving so quickly, and you have these dominant forces popping up. Last year's London Marathon champion, not not in the mix, not in the mix. But there's people like that who made that that group of 14 or, or 15. Uh, you mentioned Cosguy. I did not have her in my top five. Someone like uh, Perez Jepchircher, who was in, in the original big three. Yeah. She's not there anymore. She's not there anymore. Um, I basically got it down to – it felt like there was six – so Cosguy was on the fringe, right? I, yeah. I didn't no, she was, she was on my short list for sure. Yeah. So my medium list, I was down to about seven. And it was the five that I chose, plus Cosguy, and then G'day. G'day was the big wild now, card. G'day this, was my sixth. She was your sixth? Okay. Yep. This is what tested the proposition of resume versus if they all ran right now, what would happen? Because resume over the last two years, she hasn't run a ton of marathons, but she's been busy destroying records and running fast times on the track. But if you look at G'day, she's been very efficient in her time in the marathon. She's won or she's run a tactical race and she's run a, a fast race, right? She got second in New York to Obiri, which is a good loss, not a bad loss at all. And then last year she got second in, in Valencia, which is also solid. So she's done basically the two extremes of major marathon or essentially major marathons because Valencia is the ninth major Racing, you have the the fastest course and then one of the slower ones. So that was a tough one. That was a tough one. She was she was six for me as well, and that's why. I will tell you my top five now. Yep. Um, and then we can argue slash agree. So I have Chepengedich in five. She was second in Chicago to Hassan when Hassan ran two thirteen, and then champion the year before. Yep. Four, I have Amani Bariso, who, like G'day, has shown some range. So she's got that 214 crazy time. She has the world championship, and she was second in Boston to Obiri. So she's got fast times combined with big performances in tactical races. I have Obiri, three. Boston champ, New York champ, doesn't have the fast time. Who cares? Quality wins. Big race performances. And then that leaves us with two. That leaves us with the Sefa and it leaves us with the Hassan. And I think this is where, if you would say just pure resume, I think I would go a Sefa because the 211 is ridiculous. Yeah. But were these two to match up, I would pick Hassan. You would pick Hassan. Yeah. Everyone would pick Hassan because she would just figure out a way to win if this ha- if this race happened in a heads-up situation. So my five right now Pre-Valencia, so we're going to change this in a couple weeks. This is going to be extremely outdated. Hassan, Asefa, Obiri, Bariso, Chepengedich, and then my first two out, G'day, Brzezikowska. Yeah, no, I have a hard time <clears throat> arguing with much. Um, yeah, the Asefa-Hassan is is close, but, I mean, it just came down to, like, how am I not going to pick Hassan at this point? I, I get Asefa, but also Asefa, it's like, Again, if if you go like you said, resume for resume, okay. So neither one has a long resume of of, of the marathon. Not um, at all. It, a lot of people on this list don't. Yeah. A lot of people on this so list. So it's do a not. lot of newcomers. It's but you have to me Hassan winning London and Chicago, and the way she did it. So the you know is more impressive than Berlin back to back years. Um. As as a time trial, and Fair. don't get me wrong, the time trials is as good of you can as you can do in a time trial. So, yeah. but I I took the holy crap in her first marathon ever. She came back and won the most you know London stacked marathon, and then she just ran crazy fast in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So that's that was good enough for me to just just give her the nod. But you said Asefa, you know, it's like I don't know. I mean, is is she gipped him? Like I guess that's the question. Mm-hmm. She's only run mm-hmm. two marathons, but I, I, you know, if she runs 
two more, <laughs> and she doesn't have to run two eleven every time. But if she just runs two more wins and keeps looking at anything like this, um, it, it's going to be pretty ridiculous. Um, I agree. Abiri has to be through. I mean, she won two majors this year, no fast times, but like there's there's a pretty. It was pretty easy to put her third. I think like I, to me, she was like okay, her her. She, she's a little step behind Asefa because holy crap, two eleven, and then the the four fives were were really close for me. And I actually I had them swapped from what you did. I had Chep Negic, uh fourth, um, and this was one of the few people who actually has a long term resume, like yes. who's been good for a long time and is still good, um, but has also run two fourteen, and mm-hmm. so it was just kind of like, all right, man, like she's doing kind of a little bit of everything that you want. Um, Bariso world champs is, is nice. I mean, that's, I guess that's, that's like winning a mid grade major. Um, and losing to Abiri is certainly no shame, but it, it was just like, okay, I'm going to give a slight edge to Shep Negget just because of m- proving it a little longer. Um, so, so maybe just a little bit more dependability there. Um, and, but as I mentioned, you know, good day, I think I, I'd be shocked if she wouldn't finish in the top five. If yeah. every yeah. women's marathoner in the world was here, but same time, you haven't won a major. Um, you know, she's run fast, but not crazy fast. <laughs> Which I yeah. mean, it's it's like it's weird holding like two sixteen forty nine against her. But at the same time, like Bariso and Chip Negative have run two fourteen, so yeah. yeah, she doesn't have an advantage there. She doesn't have a win. Like you, you have to put her up there based on potential, not on what right. she's actually done. And that, right. to me, that's I'm going to take the the actual results. Yeah, she lost. By almost two minutes to Bariso in Valencia. Yeah. And then she lost to Obiri. So you'd have to put her behind those. I guess you could argue she should be fifth in front of Chep and Gedich, but the resume there has to has to count for something, even though I'm saying how they would run right now. I think Chep and Gedich, the 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 consistency is what would lead me to pick her. Going back to Obiri, yeah, I shouldn't have the fast times, but She's beat quality people in these races. So yeah. ahead of Bariso and Sal Peter, and Sal Peter was in my long list. And then in New York, Gade and Lachetti, Lachetti the reigning champion. Yep. She be and and Koskai got got fourth in that race. Those are some those are some stacked fields. In recent years, because of the weird stuff with COVID and the marathons moving around, we've seen some situations where people could get into easier fields and just have their way with them. Boston and New York this past year were were tough, so I have no issue putting uh, G'day there. I think your Acefa point is interesting about the Berlin wins versus the wins in London and Chicago. There is a time though that someone could run where you just there where you just say, "Okay, I know it's all about competition and it's all about head to head wins and it's not about records and all that stuff." But there has to be a time at a certain point where you just say, "All right, I don't care about anything else." The time they ran is so outrageous that it warrants them the number one ranking, regardless of what else happens. I don't care if there were pacers out there or not. Now, I, I think Asefa went right up to that line. And if Hassan, even though Hassan was not close at all to her time, but she just... If she didn't run the second fastest time ever, right? Like, right. It, if she ran... Right. If she... I, I would be lying if I said I wasn't influenced by the time. If she ran Chicago yeah. in 216 and still won, I think I would have a Cepha won. I was influenced by that time. That time did tell me something about both of those those women. And that's why I'm bumping Hassan up. In addition to the fact that you just love her ridiculous competitiveness yeah she's just a stone cold killer like that's exactly exactly (laughs) so we thought this was going to be difficult it ended up being easy unless we've just completely done a mind meld here and after 13 years (laughs) we're incapable yeah tell us we're wrong like email in tell us we're we're dumb and we you know hey we should have had but but it's like once you actually are looking at the at the rest you look at all of them you look at everybody right you you look look at everybody and you just kind of go well it's Unless you kind of really want to put someone else there, it, it's like I said, it's like, okay, yeah, you know, Kazuka just hasn't been good enough lately. Okay, that's yeah. fine. And like, and then like, you just, you look at all the majors, you look at all the times. Like I said, you have mm-hmm. to kind of, you have to be picky. That's part of the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it, it, it ends up being a shorter list where you look at, 
a couple of the fringe ones and you go, okay, well, they won this one and then they finished sixth. Okay. And it's just like, that's, that's enough to get eliminated right there. It's just because it is crazy deep. Um, well, and, if you're just taking, yeah. if you're going with, sorry, if you're going with the majors though, and you're just saying, all right, let's just include Tokyo, Tokyo, Boston, London, Berlin, Chicago, New York, and then worlds. And if you're just going the past, so that's seven. And then say you're throwing in Valencia and that's eight. You're basically saying over the two year span, it's there's 16 possible champions. And obviously a lot of people double, you're just cutting down the list super quick. I like that you went at it from that angle and I went at it from the time angle to narrow it down, but we ended up with similar numbers which is interesting. Yeah, I mean, time was my immediate next. So it was first it was majors, then it was time. And it's like, you had to do both. Um, again, Obiri, you know, it's our, our exception here. Um, but but it was like, okay, like, if you, you better be phenomenal in in one if you're not bringing it, you know, top level in both. Yeah, so I have the non So, Kazgai, Jip Cheer Cheer, I'm reading the champions, Yahuwah Asefa, Chepengedich, Loketti, Geber Selassie, R- Wanjiru, Obiri, Hassan, Asefa, Hassan, Obiri, Bariso. So that tells a lot of the story there. Right. And if, you, and if, you, and again, if you're if you, looking at even those, you know, Kazgai, Chepchuchir, Yahuwah, okay, so now we're 18 months past the spring marathons of 2022. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like, that's fine. Then that still counts. But you also have to then add on after that. So yeah. it's like, if that was your last good performance was a year and a half ago, this is too, it's too good right now. There's too many other women like lining up to take your spot. Well, okay. So this is, this is my long list. So I'll just read it. It's in descending order. Asefa Hassan, Kazgai, Chepengedich, Barisu, Wanjiru, Gede, Mergertu, Jip Chirchir, Yahuwah, Jip Kaskai, Chep Karuri, Lona Selpeter, and then I tagged on Obira at the end. But that's the list of sub-218 women who I thought had a legitimate case just based on recent major marathon performance. Like I, I cut the people who were inactive, and I cut the people who were 2020 or 2021 and hadn't done anything since, or people who had just one really fast time, but it was in a race where they got fourth or fifth, and that was what I was left with. So ended up being pretty similar. Pretty similar, yeah. and I, your criteria is basically like, if you haven't won one in two years, you can't be top five in the world. Fair? I mean, yeah, honestly. I mean, that's yeah. and that, I mean that was why Gaudet wasn't top five. I mean, she was close, and I think, like I said, I think she's on the border of one of the five best marathoners in the world. But like, hey man, you gotta you gotta win one. Yeah. It's, it's, so it's too good. If we apply the same criteria to now, I guess it's fifteen because we haven't had Valencia. Yet, so if you're doing eight last year and seven this year, it'd be fifteen. Right. But if you're if you're applying the same criteria to the men, so you'd have Kiptum 2022 Valencia, and it, this is the other winners of the majors: Kipchoge, Chibet, Amos Kiprutu, Kipchoge, Benson Kiprutu, Evans Chibet, uh, Tamarat Tola, uh, Gelmisa, Evans Chibet, Kiptum, Kipchoge, Kiptum Tola, Victor Kiplandat, who won worlds. So again, pretty easy There's to sort this out. A lot of guys, yeah. I mean, it's just like a lot of the same guys. It's just like okay. So I see, I see Kiptum's name on here twice. Mm-hmm. I see Chibet's name on here three times, and I see Kipchoge's mm-hmm. name on here three times. Yeah. So, who are my top three? Okay, that's pretty easy. Because like, really, I mean, going in, you just go, all right, this is pretty obvious, right? I mean, I yeah. just. I've watched marathoning. I, I got a pretty good idea who who's who's kind of dominating. Guys, I've watched a marathon. <laughs> I, you know, it's 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 twenty six point something miles for sure. Um, <laughs> so yeah, right off the bat, I mean, like I said to me, it was like kind of a no brainer one two three. Um, even the the separation at this point is like I just don't know how you argue Kipchoge one or Chibet over Kipchoge at this point. I just don't think there. I think there. There's a little separation between all three of those, and then there's the drop off to four. Not a drastic drop off, but just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. We had. Let's see. Hold on. Do we have the exact five again? Uh, same five, but again, no, four just, five is split. Yeah. Okay. Tola. I tried. I really after I saw your list too. I was like, well, let me try to 
mess with my list to make it different, and I just couldn't. Yeah, it was hard. Tola, I had him five, yet him four. Recency, New York City Marathon champ. I guess that, yeah, you bump him over up. But, like, Kipruchu, Benson Kipruchu, top three in his last three majors. He's 1-1. Makes sense. You're right. Chebet Kipchoge and Kipchum are clear. Top three. I went back, looked at some G camo stuff. Not not enough lately for him to be in there. So, I feel good about the five. Uh, I unearthed this stat during my research. Did you know Kipchoge is only five? In two in his last seven marathons. Ugh. He should be ashamed of himself. <laughs> really, it took some digging to get that one. Right. That's uh, that's pretty good. I like that. Shout out to shout out to ESPN Stats and Info. That <laughs> that's, one. that's really funny, actually. That's that's hilarious that it seems like he's fall like fallen so far. And for him, five out of seven is, I guess, falling so far because it was just, mm-hmm. just impossible how, how good he was. I mean, I guess I guess you could have argued if Chibet would have run in the fall. And one, he could have he could have taken made, the two spot. Like I mean, he would have had four in a row at yeah. that point. So hundred percent, yeah. But the fact that he just didn't run, it was hard mm-hmm. to for me. It was hard to, to to bump him over that. And then just the Kipchoge aura, I guess, was is still there. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I wonder if if Kipchoge ran a more competitive fall. Is there anything he could have done to hold off Kiptum? Because Kiptum ran two oh thirty five. If he won in New York, if he won New York and smashed the course record like Tola did, I think we might keep him number one. I just think we were thoroughly underwhelmed. I mean, Boston hurt him, obviously. By well, no, but I'm talking about fall. Yeah, yeah. Boston. But yeah, if he won Boston, he'd still be he'd still be. Oh, he'd be he one. Is. There's there's no question. Yeah. But after losing Boston, and maybe he still was number one after Boston, but after but then Kip Kip kept him. Ran Chicago, like is there anything he could have done to counter that other than beating Kiptum? This is obvious, but yeah, as a instead of Ber- why well, Berlin was before Chicago, so just pretend that space time continuum doesn't exist. Like you're bending, there's like you're bending time, yeah, and space. It's I, I can I can do a visual for you if you need help. <laughs> but if he was able to run New York instead, I guess New York would have been the only other option because. He's not running Chicago against Kiptum, and he was in Berlin already. Okay. If he runs New York and he wins New York, in the same time Tola ran, he just basically supplants Tola. Huge victory, course record. I think we say, oh, my gosh, Kipchoge. I think we have it. I I think at that point it's, like, real, real close. You know, I mean, it's – because, obviously, you have just the centuries of domination um, versus just a guy who's just throwing 110 right now. yeah, that would be that would be that would be really interesting. I like my hypothetical, but uh, okay. So you didn't have to think twice about this for the top three. No, I mean it was it was just you know I mean with like I said it's 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 insane. I mean Kipchoge is still so amazing, but Kiptum's obviously on just an impossible run right now. So I think it I think it had to be Kiptum as of right now. He'd be a favorite in any race against anybody. Um, Kipchoge though, I'd still I'd still take over Chibet. Um, but Chibet's a, a pretty clear three. Uh, after that, you know, with with Tola, the reason I mainly gave him the nod over Kiprutu was, you know, Kiprutu won Chicago last year. Um, mm-hmm. Tola won this year, like has a win this year. Um, finished third at London, which like finishing third at London is not like a it's actually like a pretty good performance. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's, he's had a really good year. Then he won, you know, he won worlds last year. Um, so that, that one, you know, you, you could, you could kind of go either way, I guess. But uh, I just, I just a little nudge of a guy who's won this year versus a guy who hasn't. And in Valencia, we got the debut of Chepta guy who could shake this up. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And there's also other fast people who could, Run a and both those guys have run two hundred four low too. So it's like there was t- time was not really a you know yeah anything there. Yeah, women's side too in Valencia could be. Well, I don't. know. It'd be tough to crack that top. It'd be tough to crack that top five. We'll do a Valencia preview on the next the next pod, the post Thanksgiving pod. Let's talk about some other top fives, some other rankings. Yeah, I'm talking, of course, about athlete of the year. <laughs> 
for War Athletics. Oh, my God. What do you think here? Women's side, we went from 10 down to 5. Okay. I saw this and I was irate. I was absolutely furious that Safan Hassan did not make the top 5. But then I remembered she didn't even make the top 10. <laughs> so I had to hop in my DeLorean and get mad uh, retroactively again. Asefa, Bull, Sharika Jackson, Kip Yegon, and Rojas. Um, yeah, not a terrible list, um, of the 10 who were nominated. Um, but you're missing the only person who could challenge Kip Yegon for the actual title. Um, so at at worst, you're missing the second best woman in the world this year. Um, and and a possible winner. I mean, like that's, that's where we're at. It's insane. Um, I've lost a little bit of the anger in my sales, uh, from, you know, getting mad about this when the original 10 were announced. Um, I guess... It also took away just a little bit of uncertainty, right? And now Kip Yagon walks to it without a question. Does I she? I don't know. It could well, just be extra stupid. I guess. Why not I, give it to I mean, I guess you could say Asefa. Like, yeah, why not give it to Asefa? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, Asefa did as good as you could do, um, pretty much. Did she? Uh, but, yeah. No, I, I mean, it's she was she was second in our, our marathon list, I guess. So, it's to me, it's Kip Yagon. Yeah. No, it, she didn't run the spring. That's true. She, she only ran once. So, yeah, she she, she can't win. Uh, oh, Bull yeah. was great, but she can't win. Sharika didn't. If Sharika goes double gold, sometimes, you know, because they always favor the sprinters. Then there's some concern that she does that, but she didn't get the world record or the double gold. This is just comical. This is so ridiculous. When you say each person's resume, <laughs> it's just so hilarious that they just. It's as if they forgot Safana Son existed. They were just like, okay. she does too many things. We didn't know what to do. Um, we got confused and, mm-hmm. and then, and then like Rojas well, is amazing, just... but this is her like third best year in the World last three champion, years. champion, diamond league champion. That's what it says. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like she was, she was better. I mean, 2021 was her, holy crap. I can't believe they it. it. They need a field event. They need a field event. Yeah. Which is fine. And, and I have no problem with Rojas. Like, I mean, she's, she's amazing, but like, she's obviously not going to win. So it's, it's, yeah, it's real dumb. Who's it's our, who's dumb. our friend who always gets. Interviewed by Earth Sports. Is, oh yeah, who surveys that? Uh, it's Chris, right? The man from the Isle of Man. Man, I totally forgot, but I hope so. Okay, I think I'm right on that. If I'm wrong, I apologize. Because um, I'm seeing at the bottom of this release, be part of the celebrations. One lucky person and a companion will win a once in a lifetime VIP trip to Monaco during the annual War Athletics Awards. Oh wow! The winners of the VIP fan trip will get to spend three nights. December 9th, 10th, and 11th in Monaco and meet the best athletes of 2023 in person. Flights, accommodation, and evening meals will also be included. Okay, so I'm entering he, right now. Yeah, you should enter. He should enter. And then if you get there, you need to boo. Not not the athletes. Not boo no. the athletes. Find out who voted for this thing and ask them about Sivan Hassan. That's all you need to do. Yeah, I'm going to – yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm – going to you know if i if i if i were to win which there's no chance that's going to happen um why not why not i mean you never know i guess it's, closing it's... date is you have till november if everybody enters who listens to this pod think about our chances yeah it's and like you Powerball. have to bring like a big sign or something talking about safan hassan yeah exactly so you have until november 29th go to worldathletics.org and enter to maybe should, this would be pretty cool actually go to monaco for three nights it's not bad <laughs> not bad at all but yeah you got to go and and speak up on behalf of safan Hassan. you're you're responsible for your own visa and entry arrangements to nice france could you get a visa that quickly well i guess you just need a passport right that's all you need you have a passport of you course. do correct yeah i went to okay. europe six months ago okay i get it global <laughs> guy you're like, yeah. Actually, here are my favorite Japanese baseball teams. Okay. Um, the men, Chopra, Krauser, Mondo, Kiptum, Lyles. It's got to be Lyles, right? 100, 200 champ. I mean, that seems – yeah, this one's obviously no, interesting. Um No, no, but I think there's a good chance Lyles wins because – You think history, so? The history of the – It's got to be Krauser, doesn't it? it I mean, Krauser. it should be – or Kiptum. Or Mondo, yeah, be... <laughs> or no? I don't know. Well, I put I put Krauser over Mondo. Um, yeah, that's fair. Krauser has to be over 
Lyles. I mean, I mean, I, it, no, I for the record, I agree, but they love sprinters. True. And no Lyles, true. just you know, I mean, he, he obviously did not run anything, you know, Boltian type times, and he's he's not Usain Bolt in name, so he probably won't win. But I guess there's always that possibility that if you if you double it to 100, 200, then you instantly become, you know, one of if not the most famous person in the sport. And that's what we're picking now. We're picking the most famous person. I mean, that's the way. Unless, I mean, I've never heard of Stefan Hassan, so I guess that makes sense. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, for me, people. it's it, for me. I think it's Krauser or Kiptum. I would not be mad if it was Kiptum and. Before it was just obvious that it was Krauser, but that was before the fall marathon season. Yeah. So I, I yeah, either one of those, you know. Would make sense to me, um, and I wouldn't uh, wouldn't be mad at it. I mean, Mondo's he won it. I, I forget who won. That's the thing is I couldn't even tell you who's won the last few years. So Krauser, he lost he lost the Diamond League final. That's it. But his early season, I don't know if you remember how ridiculous his early season he had that. Oh, I mean, I don't even remember who won the previous years. Oh, you talking about the previous years? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, Sydney and Mondo, right? Is that what it was? Okay. Yeah. 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 So Mondo already won. Yeah. So so then I mean, so let's give it to Krauser. Well, I'm just looking at his. Do you remember his that series that he threw in L.A. where he oh, threw yeah, twenty three fifty six was the best like the best field event series in history. Um. Again, didn't get the you know lost at at the pre classic in the Diamond League final, but yeah, with all the world records and everything, I I just I yeah, think the two it's best a, throws of all time. Yeah, but look at that series too. Like those stories no, no, didn't no, even sure. count. That but, the, yeah. that was preposterous. Um, I think at the time we said he just won Athlete of the Year, and it was May. There was no way he was going to do better than that. Mondo only set one world record, so it was kind of a crappy year for him. It wasn't a bad. It wasn't. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just because yeah. Of Mondo. I think like it's, it's, it's an impossible standard. To yeah, Diamond League champion with world record. It was great. But he lost I just, once too, right? Yeah. I just think. This was this was Crowder's year. Now Kiptum came in and ran two oh thirty five. Yeah, and then two oh one in the other race. So yeah, but I I think I'd say Crowder and Kiptum in some order, and then however you want to organize Chopra and and Lyles and Mondo. That's fine. I I think Mondo should be ahead of Lyles. Don't you think? Just who dominated their event more? And even though Lyles is dominant in the two, I just think Mondo's. St- far away better than everybody else by a huge margin in the pole vault yeah yeah for sure i mean yeah i mean it's like i guess it's just like okay he, he got the double i guess would be the only um, right he did he did with the only but thing and that's motto you know, can't double in the pole vault so no for sure so the it's inventor not, yeah. of track and field no that's uh that is true um yeah, and apologies to uh, Chopper. I did not follow the Jafflin that closely this year, so it's uh, it's my own ignorance on uh, not making an argument for him. <laughs> Chopra, yeah, yeah, good, good season, good season for Chopra. All right, we got a couple of emails I want to read. Is that yeah. cool? Absolutely. Uh, here is uh, David Eugene, Chicago, Providence, aka the Big Three. Drinks from. I uh, enjoyed the last episode, but I think you were too harsh on Rotterdam, which is going to be the site of Kiptum's next race. It's a mm. fast course, 203 and 218 course records, and typically has really good weather. It's on my bucket list. While I do think it could be better to have Kiptum in London or Boston, Rotterdam isn't some known a marathon. It's up there with Valencia after the World Marathon Majors, in my opinion. The city itself is beautiful. My wife and I were there for a couple of days back in 2018. They have a huge food hall, a cool bridge. Bridges. That the race goes across a dope train station and these really unique cubed houses. Google them. You're also super close to the Kinderjik windmills. Uh, mm. I don't know why I I don't know why I pretended like I didn't know the word windmills, even though it was Kinderjik, which was the problem. I was like wind windmills, uh, uh, which are incredible and they're a world heritage site. Also, counterpoint to the best runners being spread over more races is that it could elevate the sport to have more big events, and it could help spread some prize money around. Somebody else is in the money in Boston and New York because Rotterdam is pulling in some top talent. Maybe Rotterdam will keep building on its elite field and come close to what Boston and London do for the elite athletes. I don't think that's a bad thing because those races can do even more, paying more and paying deeper. Keep up the good work. That is David. 
I mean, I'm looking at Rotterdam right now. I, it looks amazing. Um, oh yeah, I was. We were. I mean, I've been to Netherlands, joking. so I have, I have nothing against Rotterdam in general, and I agree with him. I think Rotterdam's probably like behind Valencia as like the ninth major or whatever we're talking about at this point. Um, but hold you on, know. major marathon? No, non-major marathon power rankings. Ooh, Let's there we go. The courses. Let's write yes. the courses. That would be like way it. more interesting. Um, but yeah, dude. I. I mean, yeah, the city looks fantastic. Um, I've never seen the square houses. Those are cool. You seen these things? You see, see this one? You, see, you know about this? Uh, I haven't. This is pretty cool. Um, did we read the follow-up from Matt about the Mo Farah thing? I have it flagged, but I don't think we did. Uh, no, he did send one additional, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Because we, we read the one about uh, gym, uh, gymnastics class. Yeah, we didn't read his last follow-up. Okay. His last follow-up, because I said, well, what'd you talk about? Did you let him know that you knew who he was? And he said, to answer your question, mostly dad talk. It would have been awkward since no one seemed to know who he was. One parent did ask me if he was famous because he looked like someone they saw on TV. That awkwardness was broken one day when I was out for a run and Mo and Matt Centrowitz caught up to me at a stoplight. He said hello and asked if they could join me. They were on a cool down. And we were all headed in the same direction. So I held on to what felt like tempo pace and tried to not let my heavy breathing disrupt the conversation. <laughs> it's a good story. I like it. That's good. Keeps going. That's pretty cool. It's a good story. No, it's tell awesome. Your, uh, yeah. Tell your family one day. Uh, here's Marshall. Just wanted to provide a few thoughts on last week's pod. One, there's one and only one question to ask Seb Co. Oh, yeah. This is the topic remember from from the expo yeah from from one of the noahs um why is there not a standard world championship schedule events ah yeah of course and why is jason helping in charge of that yeah if he has time for a (laughs) follow-up yeah yeah and a follow-up uh the man in the back okay two top five marathoners on the women's side i'm gonna take a son in every marathon over everyone else I don't care if it's rain, sleet, or snow. I don't care if it's flat, uphill, or downhill. I don't care if it's on the top of Mount Everest. I don't care if it's on an airport tarmac. Yeah. I don't care if it's on an aircraft carrier in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. I don't care if it's in Antarctica or Siberia. I don't care if Hassan will have run the 1500, 5K, 10K at the Olympics in the previous week. I don't care that Earth Sports refuses to acknowledge her existence. She is going to win. I mean, don't really have to twist our arm too much because you heard our rankings. That's, that's that was basically that was basically the that's kind of it, now. right? Like it's it's yeah, yeah. She's she's just the default pick until it's obvious it's not. That was my Kipchoge thing. I was like, I, I know she's not you know Kipchoge for from the marathon at this point by any means, but like mm-hmm. it's like I'm good just picking them until they're not the favorite anymore. Like mm-hmm. I, I'll go down with that shit. Three, any thoughts or comments on the bus that almost killed the entire men's field at the New York City Abbott Dash 5K last oh, yeah. weekend? I didn't see this. Yeah, but I saw, I'm against this. This sounds bad. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> that sounds bad. Anti bus uh, that almost runs over a field. Yeah, it was. Uh, okay, I mean, I can't even remember where I saw it. I'm sure somebody retweeted it. I think it's something. This is Marshall still. That most people take for granted, but having a closed course over any distance is so difficult. This year, my coworkers at Big River Race Management had to cancel the Moonlight Ramble, a 25-ish mile back ride through St. Louis that starts at 10 p.m., approximately 15 minutes before the event was supposed to start because the company they hired to close down the intersections did not show up. And yes, I do realize it's incredibly dangerous to have a nighttime bike ride through St. Louis, regardless of whether the streets are open or closed. All the best. That is Marshall from St. Louis, formerly of Iowa drink i just texted you the video okay let me see this um so you can you can take a look see oh i can't believe i didn't see this okay so we have a normal race going oh my gosh (laughs) yeah like just a legitimate bus drove through an intersection yeah like i mean yeah that's where the cops so that hold on and there's three three motorcycles but yeah the motorcycles get i mean really almost get hit (laughs) um i don't know what the bus driver was doing don't know the bus I was doing, and then when I see that intersection, I don't really see. I see one person standing there with a vest on, but there's not. I mean, obviously, yeah. there's not a cop a cop car there blocking it. The runners all just kind of stare at the bus, just like you'd stare at someone who rolled through a red when you're running through your <laughs> suburb. Like it's very non, very nonchalant. Just slap the hood. Yeah, that could have been really, really bad. Oh my goodness. 
yeah, luckily, luckily not uh, not terrible overall. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure what the. I mean, the bus went really far through this intersection. It really and, did. I mean, I get it takes a long time to stop those things. Um. Yeah, but wasn't there? Why isn't there a barricade there? That that's the thing is like it, it, you know I mean the bus probably should have been paying a little more attention for sure um, but it also seems like it wasn't uh, roped off or should be cordoned yeah off there well. shouldn't shouldn't there be a like the, where is traffic supposed to yeah what's the do we have more uh, follow up on this that's crazy it just seems like hard to believe that if you're running through New York City but, all right we're gonna block off that street that street that street. And then somehow they forget to block off the street. Right. Yeah. It's like it's only a five k too. It's not like it's a marathon. It's like five k. Well, that's prob- maybe that's part of the reason why a lot of attention goes to the marathon, and yeah, maybe the five k doesn't get as mu- as much attention. I yeah, I just don't get how the bus gets that far. So, yeah, that motorcycle too almost gets it. Wow, terrible. Yes, against this, this is very bad. Yeah, anti. Uh, buses, uh, buses on the course. People. Yeah. All right. Um, okay, we got a long one here. Okay. I'll read it. I'll read it because we got Good. time. Uh, well, actually, I'll summarize it. So this is from Ryan from Southeast Wisconsin, formerly from Minnesota, and different from the other Ryan from Southeast Wisconsin, formerly from Colorado, whom he emailed in last week. Drink. Um, he sends along a link. Oh. To an article that says uh, runners one through five spread doesn't matter in cross country. Oh, okay. And he says, I'm a high school cross country coach. And while messing around with data from meets, I've come to the conclusion that one through five spread doesn't matter for the team score in cross country. This goes against everything I've ever believed. So I thought it might be interesting to others as well. He says, I wrote up a little article blog. See attached. He asked if any, uh, any idea of media outlets Running media outlets would be interesting. Well, you are running media outlet. You got a blog. Uh, that counts. So it's Ryan. Let me. I'll spell this out. I'll. I'll. Yeah, because I would say let's put it in the show notes, but we don't even really have a website anymore. So it's Ryan R Y A N P E W O W A R U X K K K. Let me try that again. So it's Ryan. P-E-W-O-W-A-R-U-K dot Weebly dot com. W-E-E-B-L-Y. It's a great article. I read the entire thing. Read the entire thing. There's charts. There's graphs. He uses big time meets. He uses small meets to test out this hypothesis. But basically he's saying the one through five average is a better predictor than the spread. Um. Yeah, and I guess my sort of dumb response or my dumb thinking behind this is, is it because the teams who are like really, really good have the one outlier runner that like kind of ruins the spread? But I guess he's looking at it in – he's not just looking at it for the the best teams. He's looking at it at all, all the teams. There's a lot of charts and graphs here. Yeah, I I, 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 I did not read this in advance. I, I'm kind of – skimming and looking at all this stuff now but i i can read you some key paragraphs yes yeah. i do like i like this idea because i don't like the pack running uh, aspect of cross country well that's not he's just saying so here, here's, here's what he's saying he's not arguing against pack running he's just saying we should we're too obsessed with the one through five spread it's all about average time which kind of makes sense yeah he says um uh the following statistics are calculated as how many less points a team would score if they improved their average time or spread by one second while keeping the other metric constant for the NCAA women in 2022. Here you go. Pay attention to this. Yep. Improving the average six K time of the top five runners by one second would score eight less points on average. In contrast, a team would have to reduce one through five runners spread by 26 seconds to score eight less points. Does that make sense? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. It's okay. Fine. So I mean, I, like, I, I like I said, I like the I, I like the idea, and I'm gonna I'll read the entire thing as well, just to just get a you know should have read it. I should have. I, I, I apologize. Um, but I, yeah. In in general, 
That makes sense to me. Like, I never really got, like, the, yeah, you need to have, like, your group, you know, because it, it, to an extent, it's still, there's, the pack running is a is a thing, obviously, and, like, people want to keep those together. But I always thought you were selling short the the better runners. And even if you want to start off in a pack, like, I don't think you need four guys together or five guys together to get the effect if two of those guys can run faster. You know yeah, I mean? so he says – he kind of addresses the reason why we think this way in the intro, and I'll, and I'll read this part because he says, running pundits confidently – this is me. I'm one of those. I used to be one of those. <laughs> stating that a team needs a small spread, me again, is pervasive in analysis of cross-country races on podcasts, me, articles, <laughs> me, and videos all over the internet. Used to be me. The basis for this is that cross-country races are typically spread out at the front and bunched up in the middle. Hypothetically, a team's one runner might score one to two points by racing 10 seconds faster, while the five runner could score 10 plus points by racing 10 seconds faster. That's basically why we think that way. Right. But yeah, which, which, yeah, that makes sense in theory. Yeah. But this is just a huge attack on me and my other media friends and pundits out there. We have a lot of pundits with the pundit meetings. Um, yeah, this is a great article. I think a lot of places would be wise to. To post this because it's well researched, it's well thought out, and I think it, uh, yeah, uh, addresses a a common a cliche, and, and those things. It's worth it to have those things challenged. Now, am I a smart enough math person to understand all of it? No, but uh, yeah, someone should check this out. John, John, and let's run. He listens to the pod. Get in contact with John. Maybe he'll yeah, maybe he'll get it up there. Um, but yeah. A lot of a lot of thought into this, but I, this is why I think you said right. The average time should be the tiebreaker. Yes, I mean I still believe six runner, but there was the weird what head to head runners that That's I said give, give me yeah. average time over that hundred times out of a hundred. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, check out the article. I said the website sort of, so I don't know. <laughs> should I do it again? Yes, do we, it one more time. We don't – there's no – yeah, there's no way – you can't do, like, links off of Apple Podcasts, can you? Uh, What's the deal with the internet? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Ryan, I put it on the R- simplecast y- thing. I don't know, but I could put it there. R-Y-A-N-P-E-W-O-W-A-R-U-K dot Weebly dot com. Actually, that's his, like, main page. Let's see if he – oops, home. Oh, look at – I mean – Got his bio here, biomedical engineer. I'm yeah, sure the math is awesome. Smart. Yeah, and then go to blog. You know, you just drop down blog, boom, right there. So people can check it out. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you for sending it in, uh, Ryan. This is good. Yeah, for this sure. This is this is. Uh, I mean, we should be keeping all these things. I mean, wait, which I guess so we do. Many- we don't delete anything. I know we've had so many people write in with cool visuals to help us understand the sport better. And I think it's awesome. Um, yeah, it's the kind of stuff like I would be like, oh, I I should do something, you know, like a a study on this. And, figure, and then I'm just like, I don't know how to do that. It's too much mm-hmm. work. So I, I would give up. But, yeah. Well, so Gordon and I, well, Gordon probably came across it first. But I, I redid some of the – reran some of the numbers – and it was looking at the NCAA championships, and your fourth runner was the one that was predictive of where you'd place. Hmm. Like, like almost, gosh, it was... Very high correlation. Like 19 out of the 20... Like, since they moved to the... Now, that I did this back in 2018, so there's been four or five championships since then. But it was since they moved to the current format with, with 31 teams, it was almost every year, all but maybe one or two years, that the team with the best fourth runner won the whole meet that doesn't directly address this debate but that's that's an interesting you know i mean obviously there's there's certainly some correlation there i wonder how much noise there is with that but that's interesting yeah stats i do love stats you know i'm a big stats guy yeah like i love i love like analytics and stuff like that i mean certain points Mm -hmm. i get a little they could be a little much but overall i'm I'm with i'm with nick saban on analytics did you see his quote on analytics i did not Oh, I should have sent this to you because you like uh, when the what the analytics really don't tell you is what happens when you don't make it. 
talking about going forward on fourth down. (laughs) Those consequences are pretty significant sometimes too, especially when you don't take field position into account. Can you imagine just for a second? Let's all, let's all imagine that the super advanced statistical analysis didn't take into account what happens if you didn't do it. Like, let's think about like how I, I, I don't understand how anyone of below average intelligence could say that. Well, like, that's how obvious it is. I mean, I kind of assume he's just a smart, he's a smart guy. There's nothing that, you know what batting average play. doesn't tell you how often you make an out. Uh, here we go. Here's here's a quote from Saban 2021. Everybody does analytics now. Everybody's into statistics, and you throw – hold on. Pop-up ad. Dang it. Come on, AL.com. Help me out here. Uh, hold on. And, and you throw it all into the computer, and how many people go for it on fourth down, and how often do you make it? What percentage of the time do you make it? Is that percentage worth the 40 to 50 yards of field position you gain by punting? Now, I would say that the thing that has changed my mind a little bit about it is when you play really, really good defense and games were won 14 to 10, which seldom happens anymore because the rules of the game in college football favor the offense, and that's why you see all these points. Wait, so hold on. Didn't he just say it factors in? Yeah, yeah he's... This is, so he went which, backwards. In 2021, he, he had the right answer, and then 2023, he's, he... Just he got so confused. Yeah. So like yeah. that's the thing is like, and I'm I'm not a hey whatever the statistical model says you have to do it. If it says go for it on this fourth down, then you I'm not that guy because it's yeah. like there is a, there is certain noise, like depending who you're playing, depending how everything's going, whatever. So like I get that, but like those that's more in the margins when it's like hey 52 percent says you should go for it. It's like all right, then just do whatever the hell you want or whatever your your gut yeah, tells yeah, you because yeah. I don't that doesn't matter. Um, but. If you ignore them entirely, you're dumb. And if you ignore, like, the, you know, instincts and scouting part of it or whatever, then you're dumb, too. Like, that's – that's. I feel like the uh, old school guys are always, like, people with analytics don't actually watch any games. They don't care about anything. It's like, no, dude, like, you could do both. It's mm-hmm. fine. Like, yeah. that's, that's probably the best solution is to do both things. What's fun is is in baseball now – there are some clear right or wrong answers. Okay. 100%. Yeah. A, le- a lefty just checked into the game. I have two options left on my bench. Who should hit? Yeah. And they go with the clear right option because all these decisions are made for these managers. That the GM or all the people with the computers, they're giving them the right answers. And then they do it and it doesn't work out because whatever, even the best people are going to fail <laughs> most of the time. And then they blame it on. The manager making a dumb decision. And number one, the manager's not even making that decision in most cases. And number two, that was the clearly the best option. And it's just so it's they want to argue about things. And yeah, I that's think, the thing, is you just want to be able because no matter what, you could make the most brilliant you know, you'd be the smartest manager in the world. You're gonna get be wrong all the time because randomness. Well, I think a lot of these people wanna just they don't like analytics because they want to be able to argue about stuff. And they yeah. think with analytics, it just solves it because they can say, okay, no, the coach isn't actually an idiot. It it said, you know, 52% chance that they should go for it there. And, hey, that's that's a coin flip. And they, and they went for it. They want to have these long, drawn-out arguments. And they want to feel smarter than everybody. And they want to, after the fact, say it was a bad decision. This happens, a lot, you know, as an Oregon football uh, follower. Our coach now, their coach now goes for it a ton on fourth down. So you get all you hear all this stuff. And you never hear it when it works. You only hear it or when they they go for two a bunch. You only hear about it when it works or when it doesn't work. Which is the problem. Yeah. They 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 take for granted when all the fourth down calls work and then the moment there's game a game where two or three times it doesn't work, they just they complain and it just hey guys, it's not really how it works. Yeah, the fun part is we don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that's cuz it would be real dumb if we did. Yeah. One thing I, I know, though, is the bowl season is over. The bowl season's over? Oh, yeah. They're just getting smoked by the Magic right now. Oh, they should, the bowl season is over. Oh, no. Yeah, I guess that's about to start. Not too long away. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. I'm so confused. Um, okay. 
Uh, we got to go. Houseofrun at gmail.com is the email address. Houseofrun at gmail.com. Remember, we won't be off next week, but Turkey Trot recaps, send them our way. We'll talk to you guys in a couple weeks. Jess Gannis, send your top five marathoners, even if they're the same as us, which they probably are.